Smart Council is a production of New Pattern Counseling, with additional support from Multnomah University. To learn how to support this podcast, visit patreon.com slash smartcouncil. Reese Basimio is a counselor, teacher, and writer, and the founder of New Pattern Counseling in Gresham, Oregon. His clinical specialties are addictions, gender, sexuality, and spirituality. Thanks for listening. Council provides counselors' perspectives and resources on spirituality, mental health, addictions, relationships, and trauma. I'm Reese Simeo. I'm Aaron Kelsey. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm more on time than normally I am, I think, a little bit. I think I'm getting better. <laughs> increment by increment. Yeah. Well, who's to say on time is better, right? That's, that's maybe just, you know, some normative value that you haven't deconstructed. I think it is definitely a, a Western normative value, uh, maybe based in capitalism. And I sort of reject that lately. So so there, I can be tardy and feel good about it. <laughs> there we go. Radical. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we have a fun topic today. And because um, we, we often have fun topics. And talking about uh, systems and everything. So you'd pitched this interesting question of when one it goes to counseling and meets with a counselor and it's uh, an individual, a couple, a family, um, who or what is in the room? Like who's actually in the room? And uh, I think that's a really great question. What are, what are some of the things you're thinking when you ask that question? Yeah, uh, so there's, there's kind of like the post-enlightenment way of, of being, which is, I think, therefore I am, and I'm, I'm an individual, and this is, you know, my body is where I begin and where I end, and so if I'm a client in the room with my counselor, that's, that's it. That's who's in the room, uh, and so sort of counter that is, you know, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of other philosophers I could mention, but, you know, the, the other option is we, we are the sort of inheritance of uh, everything that, that our ancestors taught us and the language that we've you know picked up and all the socialization and all the relationships that with within which we exist and so the other the other way of thinking about how we counsel people is there's never just the one person in the room there's there's the person's parents and their whole upbringing and you know the and, and so just <laughs> breaking it down to like the micro micro level you know a lot of times we experience as counselors like a client will use a word and they'll mean something completely different than what we mean and so uh so why and and where does that come from and, and how do we approach that and and so anyway just as as a counselor in in my particular context uh, i've noticed that there's uh, there's the client in the room, and then there's also the parole officer, figuratively or literally in the room sometimes. Uh, and there's the Department of Justice is in the room, and uh, their their addiction is in the room. So the the object 
to which they they are addicted is is in the room with us, and they that that thing, those objects, they are they're sort of figuratively and sometimes literally speaking with us too, and and so you know I want to I basically wanted to put words to it with you and and hear what what do you think about uh, family systems and, and you know how do we understand this as as a counselor how do we how do we not get over overwhelmed by it because you know sometimes it's overwhelming overwhelming to consider all of human history leading up to this moment. And, uh, and then, you know, how do we, how do we do well with clients that, you know, they, they don't have the capacity or wherewithal or desire to go there. You know, sometimes we have clients that they only really want to talk about one relationship or one, one, one particular event that was sort of the precipitating event for their, you know, where, what got them here now. Uh, And then, so what do we do as a counselor when we're like, wait a minute, there, there are other, things in the room too uh so anyway that's that's a those were a few things and there's there's more what do you think reese i think that's a great introduction and i think you're spot on and uh it's reminding me of um a quote from from one of my profs uh i don't i don't know if you ever had um a class with byron kaler back at uh back at school okay you're nodding yeah Um, Uh, yes yeah, he's probably one of the main reasons that I got into psychology and counseling. Uh, he's just this uh, wonderful, whimsical, little, old, wise man who like had this very gentle way of ripping you open and making you feel good about it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, so, yeah, so, so whimsical, whimsically ripping people open. That's that is be- and and beautifully, yes, very beautifully, yes. Uh, so, um, Mr. Kaler, wherever you're at, um, hats off to you, sir. But. Um, but one of the things he would sometimes say in classes, uh, I think, is you've never been a- alone in a room with a person. And for all of the reasons that Aaron, that you were just talking about, a person's, you know, a person's context and history. And um, I don't know if you mentioned uh, like like the genetic payload, the epigenetic payload, but there, um, there's just a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> um, there's a lot. Yeah. I was thinking too when you're you're referencing like the very like, philosophical component of this, like you know, you know, we could you know, one could say, I think therefore I am, or like I have this body, this 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 mortal flesh, therefore I am. And there I mean, here's where philosophy like fits in a little bit too, because I mean if if you if, I guess if we take a I'm not a philosopher, so I'm not in my competency right for this moment, but like I guess if we say there is nothing but the material, then maybe and maybe that sort of perspective could support this idea of like like the actual individual, but um, you know, but you factor in like there's a, there's a lot of like immaterial things going on too, like there you know um, thinking about like thoughts and minds and emotion, like a soul and uh, a lot of other a lot of just like a lot of like energies and things uh, around the room. So I guess yeah, I guess I'm thinking. So so you're 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 referencing here's like all of the stuff that just the individual carries in. But I, I guess one of the things we can think about too would just be stuff other than like the counselor and the client that are in the room too. Um, I mean, not to get super woo and be like you know spiritual energy, spiritual forces. I mean, you could say those are there, but but also like you know whatever you think about those. I mean, these two individuals still exist in the context of like a current moment in history and a current culture and like a current agency and uh and other other restraints there and you know you take two people i know you take two people in in your setting where it's like very highly structured highly mandated there's a Mm -hmm. lot of expectations and you move them to i I know 
even a shift as small as like move them to my setting where mm. it's very volu volunteer. Uh, it's very voluntary. People are here because they want to be, and there's not people looking over their shoulder. And it's me. I don't know. I haven't actually seen the inside of your office, but I know my office is kind of cozy inside. So, um, you know, even, even a shift like that, um, that, that changes the dynamics of, of what's going on with the system. So absolutely. And I would, I would add, I mean, I think in this current moment, it's, you know, we're, we're recording here, March, 2021, um, you know, a year ago, we, we were sort of getting, uh, like a, the appetizer of COVID. Uh, and, and then a few months later we had, uh, you know, sort of the George Floyd protests that, you know, for, for us at our agency, we had, we had the protesters walking, you know, down the sidewalk, down the street on Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Portland, uh, you know, and our, so our clients were looking out their, their dorm room window and, and walking out the front door and they're like, what's all this? And, and so, you know, that, that came into sessions with us, uh, like COVID is constantly in the room with us, uh, hopefully not literally, uh, but it's, it's part of the conversation. And, and so I think contrasting that to, uh, and I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds with with the the structure of, you know, insurance and managed care and, and all that. That's that's all really boring. Uh, but what what that drives us towards as counselors a lot of times is like measurable results and, uh, you know, improvements as measured by, you know, the ORS, SRS, uh, you know, some some kind of rating scale. For us, it's, you know, it's clean time. It's it's, you know, the amount of time in treatment completing groups and classes, you know, some, some boxes you can check. And, and so for us, like that's, what's in the room. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you, you know, how, how are, are, are your UAs clean? Are you in good standing with the court and with your parole officer? And, and then, you know, and then obviously there's like, uh, have you been exposed to COVID? <laughs> and then like, <laughs> where do you stand with like black lives matter and all lives matter like that, that, impacts the you know the therapeutic alliance and going back to what you're saying about you know sort sort of the uh, i love the woo woo stuff now now more than when i first got into this profession but uh, the way the way it plays out for me is sometimes i have a bad day as a counselor and that's not supposed to be in the room uh, but it is and and so uh, sometimes my my wife is in the room with me you know, and and sometimes like my my family's functioning is in the room with me when I'm facilitating groups and whatnot. And so I think, uh, you know, the I guess the the turning point, if you will, or the takeaway could be uh, how do we increase our awareness of these things? Uh, and, you know, how do we how do we name these things in a healthy way so that it contributes towards our clients health, you know, progress towards health instead of taking away from it? Uh yeah, it's not a clear. Oh, good. Yeah, right. Well, I, I mean, I think uh, this is a really good question. Just like the the practical, how do you how do you interact with it? Like you'd asked earlier, how do we not get overwhelmed by all of the stuff? And you know, how do we how do we navigate it wisely? And actually, so I was, I was thinking, for example, like you're talking about like like insurance stuff as like a you know quote you know boring detail, but 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 it's it's a real thing. And so you know, I'm an, and. Yeah. Yes, it's a thing. So, I just don't want it to be <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't, I do not radically accept that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I, so I'm thinking about how I think when when we go to counseling class, when we go to counseling school, 
there's this idea painted of like, you know, here's this impartial, all wise, you know, counselor figure and this, you know, supplicant <laughs> who's, I mean, maybe not quite that dramatic, but like, but it's yeah. like two, two people wanting to have this healing encounter, this really glowing emotional moment where yeah. someone says yeah. something profound, maybe somebody cries, somebody gets healed, it's wonderful. And yeah, yeah. I like, wanted to be a guru. This purity, pure essence moment. Um, but yeah, the reality is like when, when I as a counselor into the room, um, I, this is my income. And so it, I have to really consciously not think, is this person sliding scale or full fee or are they Providence? Or are they Aetna? Um, you know, Ooh. which feels like it, sh yeah. it sh feels like it should be a really stupid inconsequential detail because yeah. we should be focusing on just a human encounter. But, but then we're also humans in this context where like, I know we, we need to feed our families and, and so I, I think to myself, there's this, you know, there's this New Testament biblical, like, you know, command to like not show partiality to, to the rich or the poor. And I'm finding like, I, like, I would never like explicitly consciously say like, I prefer rich people, but I, but I find like, I, I really have to consciously like push that out of my head and I have, I have to work to like give everybody the same, the same deference uh, regardless of payment. And so uh, I could see where uh, it could be, it could be maybe kind of nice in some settings where like somebody else handles all of the billing and I don't have to think about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, I'd love to hear more of just of how to, so what I'm hearing is there's, there's a contradiction there. There's a contradiction sort of intrinsic to or fundamental to the pay for service model that we're in. Um, you know, we're, we're not doing like a, like a, uh, sort of mutually voluntary healing ritual in our in our tribe. Uh, we have you know strangers basically come to us, and uh, so somebody somewhere like for for me like I work for an organization. The organization has a contract with you know with the government basically, and then I have clients, and the clients are just sort of incidental to the <laughs> to the whole uh, financial system. And then it sounds like for you, you know, in the uh, you know, pr private practice model, like it's, you've got Aetna in the room, uh, you've got Blue Cross Blue Shield in the room and so on and so on. And, and then I'm, I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like if you have too many uh, clients that you're, that don't pay very much, then, you know, that, that flows to your family and your ability to pay the bills and stuff. And so, you know, to me, the question is, how do you, how do you work out that contradiction? Uh, how do you, how do you sort of synthesize the the two in a in a way that's healthy for everybody involved? And it's it's an open question because it's an ongoing process, right? Like you yeah. don't you never really arrive, and it's like okay, I figured out the everything. It really is an open question, and and you're right. Like there's, anyway, I I perceive that there are stakes, and and again, maybe that's a small view of the world or of myself or, or like all of the forces at play. I mean, I mean, it, you know, me as a, I mean, me as a, me as a Christian provider, I mean, I do have this like belief that like, Hey, like I can trust in God to like care for me and my family. Um, but also it's a very, uh, it's a, uh, it's a very participatory process. Uh, there's a symbiosis where like I still have to show up and put in an action and effort and everything. Uh, so, but on, on a practical level with like this specific issue, I know, um, and again, I, I try, I try to forget about people's insurance and just like, uh, as soon as I can. Um, 
but I also kind of balanced it by saying, yeah, I mean, I do have a couple of people that I know I'm not going to get paid from at all. And, and I, I let them in and I don't complain about it. Um, and you say you get paid at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, oh. like I've, I've, got, I've a couple of sliding scale, uh, places and just a couple, um, a couple, uh, what's the word, the Latin, the pro bono people, um, yeah, uh, yeah. people like that every now and then. And then, you know, when people part and part of how I do too, is like, you know, when people lose their insurance, like they don't lose me as a counselor. I say, well, let's figure something out. Like what can you afford? And, uh, and that, that's so far I seem to work. And in, you know, my, I mean, my, my income fluctuates like a little bit here and there, but like altogether, like, I don't know, my family eats really well. So in the end, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like your family's not going to starve if, if these people don't pay you. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now that's, so when we're talking a little bit money there um, on a similar, but maybe slightly different level. Um, so no, in your context, Aaron, like there's, you're more like in agency in downtown surrounded by like a lot of just like, you know, political energies and like a lot of political views. And you mentioned, you know, what do people think about COVID? What do people think about, you know, black lives? What do people think about some of these really weighted polarized issues? And and I get the impression that you're often in the room with people who maybe hold really radically different stances than you about stuff, uh, which I mean, happens for me, but I want to hear from you. Like, how do you you get that? Well, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple layers too. One is, you know, so it's, it's residential. So we have like, like the clients all talk to each other uh, and they talk to each other about the counselors. Like they talk to each other about me. And so when I'm, when I'm with a client, they've heard about me, you know, from, from other counselors, you know, other counselors, sometimes they've heard about me from other, you know, definitely other clients. Uh, and you know, I've, I've been, been in the job long enough where I've had clients graduate and then meet up with other clients that have been on my caseload that graduated. And so when, when, you know, we're, we're talking about this question of who else is in the room. I mean, they're like, I, I have clients that are, they have information in their heads from other people. And so it's, it's that dynamic that I run into where like a client will say something and I'm like, wait a minute who have you been talking to about me? Well, like, where did you hear that that was not an option or that that was an option? You know, like, like did, you know, like, it, it, like maybe, maybe they heard I'm the kind of counselor you can take advantage of, or, you know, that's easy to lie to or, or not easy to lie to or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it, it, so we're in that way, I think constantly bumping into uh, this, it's not a family system, but it's, you know, sort of this network of relationships and we're all, we're all sort of swimming and fishing and drinking and, and bathing in the same body of water, if you will. And, and so, yeah. So when I do a session with a client, like before, during and after they've, they've been bumping into the same people. Uh, and, and so I sort of get just like the, the tip of the iceberg, if you will, and the rest of the iceberg is like uh, everybody else in the building is is kind of how an individual session looks like. Like every everybody's in the building all the time uh, when when we're doing these sessions. Uh, so that's uh, and I think that's that's just the nature of residential, um, you know. And, and I think it's it's still true of of 
individual outpatient, I think, too. You just you just have the family in the room. Uh, you know, these these clients, uh, at least in my experience as a client that, that does, you know, outpatient, like I go and talk to my people about my counseling session. I'm like, here's what my counselor said. And then they sort of give me feedback and they're like, like, oh, your counselor's full of uh, stuff. <laughs> and uh, or, or, wow, your counselor sounds really wise. And then I come back and, you know, my my thoughts have been influenced by other people. And so uh, so so for me, in, in my context, I mean, uh, it's it's I think for me, constantly acknowledging the, the cultural milieu that my clients are in, which is uh, criminal justice system. So the court system, the, the prison system itself, you know, who and how you need to be to survive in, in jail and who and how you need to be survive like how you how you survive if you're living outside you know if you're like sleeping in a box you know on on relapse row out here there's there's a way you need to be and so then then in this session there's sort of the 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 residue of that and and so that's that's one that's just a couple of ways that it comes up for me is like uh it's it's not just this is just a person sitting on the couch and we're just together uh there's there's like the, the years leading up to this that we that we have to deal with too, uh, and and I think just in on the practical level, a lot of times it's 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 sort of I take the inverse approach, so I'm aware of all of the history up to that point, and so that makes me really concrete and really immediate, and uh, so I do I do a lot of immediacy, I do a lot of like just naming what's in the room. Like naming, uh, you know, like in my reflections, I'm like, uh, you're you're saying this, and I just try to break it down as you know, almost on the level of like Sesame Street, uh, so that so that we're like we're totally understanding each other, we're totally aware of each other, like we're totally acknowledging, you know, who who and what is in the room in the immediate, and then we can sort of branch out into like the the abstract. Uh, and the, I mean, the last piece I'll say, because you, I, I think it's important to mention the politics in the in the culture. I mean, Oregon passed the decriminalization law, and uh, you know that that was another big deal. So we had COVID, we had the George Floyd protests, and we had like big legislative stuff, and then sort of flowing from those events was the massive shift in the economics of our program, the politics of our program. You know the 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 leverage that pro, the parole officers and the courts have to keep clients in treatment and so on and so on and so like uh, what the the type types of sessions and groups that we had a year ago or two years ago was just night and day different than than, than who and what is in the room right now uh, and I think for me that that was sort of where the question came from was I was like okay the room is the same uh, my you know, like I'm, I'm a year older, like it, it wasn't like a big difference for me, but it feels like, you know, everything in the room is, is different. If that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And yeah, just thinking how, I mean, I mean, the same, the, the four walls may be the same, but you know, but the, but the people are different. I mean, you're working with different exactly. people and you're, you're a year older. You have a year more of experience, a year more of training, a year more of like your own personal life going on. And all of that has an impact. It changes you. And as you're talking, it's making me think about how 
sometimes when I've run into someone who is skeptical about counseling or skeptical about uh, specifically like telling your story or looking back uh, at your history, there, there can often be this question of like, well, that stuff's in the past and you can't change it. Why bring it up? Like, why think about the past when you can't do anything about it? Like, what's the use of like digging up these old things, rehashing these old things? And, and I think as as we're talking, it's reminded me about how the past doesn't stay in the past. Uh, and it, I mean, it's and it's not it's not quite. I mean, sometimes I've used the metaphor of like you know walking through a field of landmines and like you know it it helps to know what's there so you don't like step into it. Um, <laughs> but lately, lately I've been uh, flirting a little bit with the internal family systems model, and you know, and they talk about these different parts of ourselves that picked up these burdens in past times, you know, these, uh, the, these younger parts of ourselves that were hurt in different ways or were taught different things. And, uh, and though, and part of the, part of the premise of like this approach is that, you know, you know, first of all, there's, there, there's no, there's no bad parts of us. Um, you know, some of the parts show up you know, in extreme ways or they're kind of imbalanced. But the other thing is that, you know, parts are like, you know, matter, like they, they can't be destroyed. They can, they can only be like converted, shifted around, exiled, disavowed, or healed, brought into the present. And so, uh, That's really interesting. yeah, it's very, it's very non-pathologizing. I really love it. But, but there, there's this idea that, um, you know, you say, you know, say something you're, you know, seven years old, something really scary, traumatic happens. And it, it's very common for, some for that that part of you that seven-year-old part to survive that in some way some extreme way and learn some extreme things pick up some burden and and also get stuck in that in that moment uh and so it's very possible you have somebody in their 30s 40s 50s 60s who has this part of them that is still seven years old and still functioning as if they were seven in that initial scary situation and so part of what we're talking about in recognizing, hey, people have context, people have history, you know, when you when you talk when we talk to a person, it's not just a single individual. It's this person who is this plurality, this internal council, this internal community of, of parts, of you know, some 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 protector parts, some more vulnerable parts, some parts that are stuck in the past and acting as if they were still there. And and all of that is is bleeding into the the present moment, and so the the, the navigation of that means, um, like, we, we, uh, a lot of what you're talking about with the I, I love this idea of, of immediacy and acknowledgement and just pausing in the moment, you know, starting with what's my body feeling, what are the sensations I notice the most, my my outer body, my internal body, what are my senses telling me. Um, and you know that could extend to like what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that are that are loud and and uh, what are my skepticisms what are my criticisms uh, and just being able to acknowledge what's in the room um, and if we're going to get like you know further practical in this um, what you can do then is if you can acknowledge the stuff all of the things all of the parts all of the cultural components that are around us you can then unblend for them. That's the, the internal family systems like jargon of we, we unblend from our parts uh, or in another sense, we could say we just step back from it and say, or what is it? 
there's actually a lot of there's actually a lot of um, theoretical approaches that kind of handle this. Like like the the IFS people would talk about unblending. I think uh, you know like the the ACT, the acceptance and commitment therapy people, they use language like uh, like noticing. You're like, hmm, I'm I'm having the thought that blah blah blah, or I notice that I'm having the thought that yada yada yada. Uh, and in that sense, separate themselves from the thoughts um, and separate themselves from the feelings, uh, not to be in denial of them or disengage from them because you're still aware, you're still present, you're still invested. Um, but what you do is you settle into this realm of being curious and just like, huh, I notice you are the age that you're at. I notice you're the skin color that you're at. I notice you're the insurance payer that you have. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I notice you're this, you're this, you're that. Uh, at the same time, I'm noticing in my own self, hmm, I notice I am fatigued from a poor night of sleep, or I notice I am feeling really good today, or I notice I feel, I'm noticing myself feeling very offended by this thing that you said. Um, and ideally, and, and, and I would say this would go for, especially for counselors, but this is something people can practice on their own anyway, is just recognizing, hmm, I notice that I'm thinking or feeling this thing. Can I set that aside in curious pursuit of a more deep understanding of the person that I'm with? And, and ideally, sifting through what are these other person's parts that are floating between us, can I, can I uh, shift those aside so I can actually actually be with like the, the, the person, their, their, their center, their core? Um, so well yes. Yeah, I would the way the way it, I hear that just for me is if I can separate my personhood from my counselorness. Um, I, I know, and I, I see this in my clients. That's that's how I know it's happening in me. Is the the thoughts and beliefs and the values that I hold most rigidly on onto, and it's it's true for clients. Is those are the ones that keep me safe. Like those are the ones that keep you know my status and my emotions and in, in those vulnerable places, you know, safe and protected. And, you know, so, so for example, in, in my, in my treatment context, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, if, if you do the wrong thing in jail, that puts you, you know, physically at risk, it puts you obviously emotionally, uh, you know, like intellectually, blah, 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 you know, you, you, you become very, very vulnerable in a, in a really, really dangerous, unhealthy way. And so, so there's this rigidity of thinking and being and, and relating that that comes out of those kind of kind of environments. And so if you're if you're living at like the survival level, uh, it's it's the same kind of thing. Uh, and if you're you know emotionally just trying to survive, uh, you're you know you're the way you're, the way that you think and the way that you relate, you know has to it has to be a certain way. Otherwise otherwise you're you're at risk. And so the, so the way that sounds when, when I say it is, well, that's just the way it is. Uh, and, and so, uh, so when that comes out in, in the counseling room, like if I'm working with a client, that's like, it's like, well, why do you think that? They're like, well, that's just the way it is. Uh, that's, that's when I'm like, Oh, there's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, <laughs> like, like we, we, we found a landmine to, to use your analogy from before. Um, you know, and so, uh, I, I'm way out of my area of expertise to even reference internal family systems, but I think, uh, you know, the, in my context, we, we do a lot of work on just, why do you think what you think? 
and why do you have these values and beliefs and how how did they function before and how are they functioning for you now and is there any difference and can we can we notice those differences i think that's that's to me like the the function of of noticing for for clients in, in my context and and for me like there's there are ways that i thought that were really helpful for me in in high school and in my early adulthood and and then in this new context and this new environment you know i i was like wait a minute these thoughts and beliefs aren't helping me anymore uh they're they're creating this this unhealthy you know separation or or competition or uh resentment you know in in the the way that i relate with other people and and so uh yeah, the, I guess the point I wanted to highlight is, you know, what what are what are what is the function of of sort of the the internal family system, if you will. Uh, so, like, for for a lot of for a lot of my clients, and and I would use my I statements too. I would say for me, uh, there there was safety that came from it. Like there was be, there was a benefit. Like in my history, there was there were moments and there were seasons where I needed to be that way, I needed to think that way, I needed to relate that way to be safe. And I held on to that rigidly uh, to, to be safe. And then I ended up in counseling and they were like, why do you think that? I'm like, that's just the way it is. And then on the other side of that discussion was, uh, wait a minute, I can loosen up on that because, uh, because, I, because I changed, because the world changed around me. Uh, and, and, then, and then we can move into this new <laughs> sort of renegotiation of all those all those things uh and i and i had to give up the things that kept me safe i had a really strong attachment to those things if that makes sense that absolutely makes sense and uh i'm really excited to hear that aspect of your journey where you were able to it sounds like get some awareness of some things come to some new insights and uh and you know step back from from some of these these thoughts these parts these you know maybe other burdening narratives that maybe you had what the what I hear you talking about there is in coming to that insight. It first started with with a lot of awareness, and so feel like, um, no, not not a feel. I, I observe, and what I observe that it's really essential for us to be self aware and able to exactly. think about our thinking. Or there's there's some fancy words like metacognition and interoception, where we gain an internal awareness of our internal process and. That would be the first step, and that and that's I think if we can cross that threshold, or we as counselors with our clients, our clients, just like you know, casual listeners listening, uh, if you can slow down and notice your thoughts, that's like the first major threshold uh, to just be aware that you are not the thoughts you're thinking, but you can actually kind of observe them, think about them, monitor them. Same with feelings, same with body sensations. Um, from there, I think kind of the kind of the what makes that a healing encounter is when you can not just see your thoughts, but you can also see them with a lot of uh, curiosity, a lot of openness, uh, really essential. See your thoughts with a non-critical, non-judgmental zone, not calling that thought good or bad or positive or negative. Just being like, hey, that's a thought. It has a function. It has a purpose. It has a context. Um, and and here's where that that gentleness, that compassion towards self becomes really important is because if there, there's a huge amount of like healing that can come from within when you can like kind of create these like internal relationships that are 
you know, not based in antagonism. We could say that. So, yeah. So I guess if the, if the, if the, if the listener, the professional listener, the casual listener is going to take anything away, it'd be, um, you know, you know, try this, just try this slowing down and noticing your thoughts and, and just be, just be really curious, curious about yourself, curious about other people. Um, just, wondering why about the world and around you, the world within you, the world within the person you're talking to. Um, and in there, yeah, maybe like assume the best, assume, Hey, this person has survived everything that they've been through so far and probably just wants to survive and probably wants to be a good person. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah. It starts, inter- it can start internally. I think, uh, so starting internally and, and then we can generalize that to other people, you know, like we, so we can be curious and non-judgmental and non-pathologizing to ourselves. And then when we encounter somebody who's uh, mean or, uh, you know, uh, just wh- whatever, we, <laughs> so we, we can, we can sort of step back and go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm pathologizing this person. Uh, maybe they're just trying to survive. Maybe they're just trying to be safe. Like I wonder about this person's history, and um, and then and then you can sort of uh, you know it, like I, not not to overshare my journey, um, but it you know it just my awareness of myself increased my awareness of, of other people, and you know the the people that were were part of my journey too. Like I I was able to have these nuanced and contradictory thoughts about people. Like wait a minute, they're they're good and bad. And they helped me and hurt me, and it wasn't one or the other. And and so it uh, it can be this, you know, I, I think healthier, more integrated way of being. Um, and we, you know, we, we didn't talk a whole lot about like integration and you know, sort of the integrated you know, like communal collectivist way of doing counseling. But I, I think that's that's part of what's in the room too. Is uh, we we sort of compartmentalize everything, including. Uh, you know, our, ourselves as counselors and, and our, and our clients. And I think uh, we can, we can do the internal work and generalize it to other people, which could lead to this really healthy, uh, you know, love your neighbor as yourself way yes. uh, to, yeah. to reference a religious text. To reference a religious text. Yes. I know that one. Uh, also this, uh, this approach comes in very handy in uh, marriage and a uh, couple of, domestic partnerships and uh, any sort of situation like that where you're living with an intimate partner. Um, uh, that, uh, I've definitely noticed that when, the, when, when, when my wife is having big feelings and I can just be like curious about them, things tend to go a lot better. <laughs> so all that to say. Yeah, yeah, I should try that. I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that big, big feelings. Oh, you're having big feelings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you say that to her? Or do you say different words? Mm, I, 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 I yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I like specifically say, "Oh, it looks like you're having big feelings." Like specifically, yeah. but but we do use that language when we when we debrief and when we talk about each other. When we yeah. talk to our kids, like we we use that kind of language. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. good. I love it. Yeah, cool. This is good. So, we should do yeah. that part two. I think because we barely touched on the the integration and yeah. like I want to I want to bring all the things into the room. And, and you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm noticing there, there is a lot in the room and I'm like, well, let's bring, let's bring more into the room. Uh, like I, I think the best counseling work I've done is when I'm fully in, in the room, you know what I mean? And 
well, and more than just like the function of my of my profession. I uh, think so. Yeah. Yes. So uh, teaser, any uh, faithful listeners out there, there, there will be a part two when we talk about all of the things that we integrate and should integrate. So yes. and, and in the meantime, if anyone were to uh, make a meme or a T-shirt off of uh, this episode, you can say there is no such thing as the individual and you should be curious about them. <laughs> so. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah, three payments of twenty nine ninety five. Right, feed our kids. Right, <laughs> yeah. please do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, thanks, Aaron, for bringing up the topic and drawing some ideas, and thanks, listener, for following along. And let's kind of go. love your feedback and invite you to share your thoughts about this conversation. Also, we'd appreciate your review and five-star rating on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Share your thoughts through email at smartcouncilpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash smartcouncilpodcast. Please consider supporting this podcast with a financial donation through patreon.com slash smartcouncil. Our theme music is by Trent Price. Our logo design is by Thomas Moore. Thanks again for listening, and let's keep the conversation going.